Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Money, Power, and Influence. Uh, we had a little technical difficulty there. I said, sent Arash the wrong code, but we're here for another episode. Today's going to be more of an open format. I got a ton of questions from everybody. I kind of put a feeler out there, and I ended up getting about six or seven questions, so we'll get through as many as possible. But what's up with you, brother? Everything's going good for me. Typical you know, uh, update. Everything's expanding. I just hired another new person for my real estate team, and everything just keeps going up and up. What's up with you? Yeah, I just continue to evolve and learn and uh, access new levels of information and uh, have more reach and influence. And it's interesting. You know, I remember there was a time when everybody was becoming a personal trainer. And you, know, you asked everybody around me, they were like, oh, I'm going to be a personal trainer. And I was like, okay, good luck, congratulations, you know. Um, I don't know if everybody thought they were going to just make money as a personal trainer because my people were making money or not. And then it's interesting. So the last week or two, I keep running into people that tell me they're going to become real estate agents. And so I immediately refer them to you, your YouTube channel or Instagram. It happened again today. And I don't know. I'm like, everybody suddenly wants to be a real estate agent as if, like, uh, the, the profession will make the money. So I, I find that fascinating uh, because, you know, there are janitors that are millionaires and billionaires, and there's people who are, um, you know, own Subway and stuff like that. So it's not necessarily the profession at all. It's uh, the, the hustle behind the profession. And I think that's so interesting. Uh, but I'm ready to go. Awesome, man. I'll start with the first question here in a sec. You know, it's been like that with me as well. I have so many people saying they're going to get into real estate, and unfortunately what's uh, portrayed on, on the shows and everything is just this, you know, it's flashy stuff. They see the cars, they see the houses, and they think people just show up, and what they don't show is the hustle. So, you know, that, that's one of the things and angles that I'm trying to push whenever I have these TV stations and producers approach me is I'm telling them, hey, let's show the hustle side because, all you see is the glitz and the glamour on these shows. Let's show them a typical day-to-day of what somebody's actually doing who rolls up their sleeves and works. And so far we haven't hit yet, but hopefully we will soon. All right, let's see. Question number one. Uh, let me find it here. I kind of just uh, told people to ask us both the question. I'll throw it to you, and then I'll answer it. Uh, they said, uh, Arash and Brian, what's your advice when creating online educational courses? Any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Yes, I have one. Go sign up for three online courses. Uh, one is mine. The other one is BC. And then third, kick your favorite person. After you sign up for these courses, you wouldn't have that question. Um, the person asking that question has never signed up for an online course. So, you know, how did I figure it out? I fucking signed up for every goddamn person that was out there and I knew what works for me and what didn't work for me, and I did my best to emulate from uh, Tony Robbins to Bob Proctor to some fucking Joe Schmo that I didn't even fucking know that I wasted $800 on to Maharashi, Mahesh Yogi. I mean, almost every person that's been around I've, I've done some kind of course with. And so um, I would say sign up for Diamond Mind and sign up for what Brian has as two top guys that are – uh, leaving the field in these things, and then take it from there. That's my answer. I completely agree with you, brother. Um, I was literally going to say the same thing. Uh, I did similar stuff. You know, I signed up for all of Arash's stuff when I started. I remember buying all of Mysteries products and going to the boot camps and, and doing all this other stuff, going to uh, Mike Ferry seminars to real estate. I did Burino. I did Kevin Ward. Um, I did a bunch of stuff. I went to, uh, what's this guy's name, uh, Brendan Burchard. I went to him. I went to Toastmasters to become a better speaker. I did all these things to educate myself in the categories that I wanted to get better at. And through watching Arash and some of these other people, I was then able to, like what he said, emulate. So you're going to learn from them, and then you're going to kind of 
be able to take the information, apply it, then you're going to be able to create your own thing or find your niche for teaching. When I started YouTube and my instructional courses, I found myself uh, very quickly leaning towards the, what society calls a millennial or somebody looking to do entrepreneurial slash real estate stuff, and that suddenly became my audience. So I started catering my teachings more towards them. But uh, first and foremost, yes, yeah, sign up for our programs. Find other people you want to sign up for and do that immediately, and then you're going to get your answer, my friend. Um, on to the next question. Arash and Brian, how do you stay so consistent? Consistency is a, is a, is a um, law. It's a law of success. Nobody in any... Apologies, we must have uh, dropped the rush. Give it a second here, and then uh, he'll rejoin us, and we'll continue. I, I'm sorry, I got cut off in the middle of it. My phone died. Are, are we still on? You're here, brother. Okay, yes. Uh, consistency is a law of success. Um, nobody has ever made it without being consistent in action. And so the, the question is, how do you stay consistent? Uh, there's a question that I would ask, and the answer to that question would tell you how you stay consistent. And the question I'll ask is, how bad do you want to win? How bad do you want to succeed? And if the answer is total, totally, like 100%, then you're going to have to do consistent action. I just finished yoga again. Um, you know, it's been over 30 days or something now. And they have these challenges they do in these uh, Bikram yoga is what I practice. They do these challenges like 30-day challenge, right? And it's supposed to be like a big deal if someone goes 30 days in a row because it's quite an intense program. And then afterwards, they have the 60-day challenge, you know. And so they were, you know, people were asking me, and I just was like, no, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, but already, I already beat the 30-day challenge. I'm already past 30 days. So now it's like a 60-day challenge. Well, guess, guess who's going to do 60 days in a row? Me. <laughs> guess who's going to do 365 days in a row? Me. Guess who's going to do 10,000 goddamn fucking days in a row? Arash is going to do 10,000 fucking goddamn days in a row. Why? Because the goal is worth it for me. And consistency is the key. It's the fucking key. So if you want to be successful, you have to be consistent. You're asking Arash and Brian how we stay consistent. I know myself and I know BC when it comes to this. We have enough conversations. And this is part of the reason why we're good friends is we both like to be number one. So if, if number fucking one right now above me or below me, number two, is doing 10,000 things, I'm going to have to do 10,010 things uh, more consistently. That's my answer. Love it. Uh, my answer to the question, well, it, I remember when I started, right, uh, when I got into real estate, I had already had a background in athletics, and a lot of the principles and the foundation and all those datums that I used there, I carried over. But Arash said it, you know, like when I or when we do something, we want to be number one. And my attitude in athletics was, Again, just what he had said, if the other guy's going to come into the gym at 7 to get shots up, I'm going to show up at 6.30. Then when he leaves at 4 p.m., I'm going to stay there until 5. I'm going to do more than him, right? And I remember uh, they, interviewed, they interviewed, what's his name, uh, Jason Williams, the guy who got hurt in a motorcycle accident. And uh, the last game that he played before he got injured, uh, he played against the Lakers. And, of course, uh, Kobe Bryant played for the Lakers. And he shows up to the gym, I think he said three hours before the game, 
and Kobe's already in a full sweat uh, shooting, right? Uh, you know, he's, then he gets dressed a little bit, he shoots around, then he leaves an hour before the game, and Kobe's still shooting. So you fast forward, they play the game, the Lakers win, and at the end, Jason's like, dude, Kobe, you know, I got there, you were already shooting, and when I left, you were still shooting, why'd you stay? And he's like, well, I saw you walk in, so I told myself that I'm not going to leave minimum until you leave. And when I heard that interview, I was like, yep, that, that's the mentality, right? So when you have that kind of mentality, the how do you stay consistent question doesn't even come up. Um, and it's literally been that, just this insatiable appetite for mastery, this insatiable ap appetite for the next level, you know. And then as well, when I am on my journey, I'm always looking to seeing where I'm progressing. So let's say I started uh, playing the piano day one, which is something I want to learn, by the way, and I don't know anything. You know, after the first week, if I can already kind of play a quarter of a song, that in itself is going to get me excited and it's going to want me to be even more consistent because I'm already seeing the results. So there's so many factors to to go in here, but I, I think uh, before I move on to the next question, one thing I heard Jim Rohn say uh, that really struck a chord with me, he said, he called it the until formula. I'm going to stay consistent until I achieve the goal. I'm going to make phone calls every day, every day until I make the amount of sales that I want. I'm going to go to yoga every day until I complete the challenge or, you know, I can do every single pose effortlessly. I'm going to go to, uh, you know, the boxing gym until I'm the number one at the gym. So that until formula really rang with me because it, it literally means I'm just going to go until I reach the top. And I thought that was a, a really cool thing that he said before he passed away. Um, let's see. Okay, next question. <clears throat> Out of these three categories, Arash and Brian, money, power, and influence, which to you is the most important and what would be your order of importance from top to bottom? I like this question. I think one can be used to gather the other two. Uh, money can be used to gather power and influence. Influence can be used to gather money and power and vice versa. But there's one thing I would add to this, to the question. Money, we know what it is. That's a clear definition. We know what money is. It's the thing we use to buy stuff. Influence, we can all clearly tell what that is. When you influence somebody, they do what you, you know, they are more compliant to what you do. Power is not defined. Power is not defined in that case. So I can tell you that with influence, you can get money, and with money, you have influence. But power is not defined here. What is power? Uh, does that mean what? People will do what you say? Well, that's influence. What's power? Uh, does that mean you can um, buy whatever you want? That's money. So the, power, what, what is that? So out of them, look, use whatever the fuck it is you have to acquire the things you don't have. That's the formula. So if you ask me what's most important, I would say that I personally use power defined by myself in this case as knowledge and philosophy that can cut through anybody's opposing ideas and philosophies and the ability to make things better and brighter within the conditions of life or what I do. That was the power that I held. My ability to do that is my power. So I use that um, to gather influence and now money. Um, when I look back on it, though, if I started with money, I think, personally, I would have had a much easier time doing what I do. But I can't say for sure. It's like one of those midlife crisis situations where you can always reevaluate re your life and go, I would have done it differently. So the answer is first define power before you uh, put it in the category. And secondly, whatever... Whatever you have, use it to get what you, you don't have. That's my answer. 
Love it, man. Uh, for me, uh, when I read the question, it was a little bit difficult to understand. I kind of thought the same thing, like what exactly do I mean by power? But, you know, I always was somebody who grew up without money, and, you know, I kind of was able to get to where I'm at because of my ability to influence and make connections and that kind of stuff. So uh, based on my path and what I did, I would definitely consider influence and power up at the top, uh, because, you know, if, if you're one of those people who was born with money or you have access to a lot of money at a younger age, you're going to have a lot of advantages that other people don't have. And at the same time, you can gather money by being very influential and, and amassing power and, and being able to persuade people. So um, I really just think which side of the scale, my friend, that you fall on. And Arash said it best, you know, use what you can with what you got and what you're good at. Um, let's see. I see one last question here. I said, Arash and Brian, how, how to not be so serious all the time? Uh, well, the way you can be not serious all the time is to recognize that my grandmother died last night. My grandmother passed away. And if she had anything to tell you right now, she would be, don't take it so seriously. You're not going to know that answer until death knocks on your door. Then you wish you could go back and do it all again less seriously. So that's my answer. Sorry to hear that, brother. Uh, well, with me, you know, uh, um, I got, I started reminiscing when, when I got this question because, you know, growing up, uh, especially because of what I did in, in athletics and everything, I was always bred, and I kind of bred myself too, to be very tough, intimidating. Uh, I would talk a lot of shit when I played basketball. I always try to get in people's heads. So that literally became a part of me, and I walked around with, what society calls like a resting bitch face. I always look serious. I always looked intense. And, uh, you know, as I've matured now and I've learned a lot and I have a very light and playful vibe to me, I'm always smiling, I'm always enthusiastic, I realized that from the two, living your day-to-day -day life, I would prefer the second one, right? Everything is, is taken uh, with less weight, um, you know, laughing and, and the state of laughter and people being around you and enjoying it and having a good conversation to me is also uh, a much better way to live. And with, with all this laughter and enthusiasm and, and, and everything that comes with it, there's just lack of tension. Everything is calm. You're more relaxed. And, and we know that tension is, is bad, right? When, when you get fearful, when you get scared, you know, you get tense. But when you're laughing, when you're when you're in that good mood, you're relaxed, right? You're a lot more fluid in your movements, and, and that's a lot in my work environment, too. I'm always kind of laughing and smiling. And However, we're very efficient at the same time, and I believe that part of our efficiency is because of that. So how to not be serious all the time, you know, what I did uh, to the person that asked the question is I literally forced myself to start smiling and doing these little things because that, that changes it. Like if you walk around with a serious face, you're going to have one certain feeling and posture. Now, if you smile, you're immediately going to change the way you feel. And I just kept doing that over and over. I, um, I started studying comedians a little bit and always made sure to like 20, 30 minutes watch a comedian and laugh. I would find something humorous in a situation or a certain story that other people maybe would not find humor. I would purposely look for humor or make humor out of something just to create that feeling more and become, make it more uh, a part of me and let it assimilate my being a little bit more. And over time, it started changing. And lastly, you know, being a, a real estate agent and just getting rejected all the time and cold calling and going door to door, I literally had to adopt 
the laugh it off attitude and, and not being serious because in the beginning it was eating me alive with all this rejection and tension and uh, like I felt like it was bottling up. But the moment I really started to, to see that shift and I was able to really just laugh it off and everything, I noticed there was always just a sense of ease to me. And it's so much better uh, through my experience to live with ease and calmness than be all tense and tight. Uh, let's see. Well, that's, uh, that's all the questions I have right now, Arash. I mean, we, we could end it here. Actually, I wanted to ask you a question, brother. I know we've been talking about doing an event for so long. What do you think? You want to do it in January? Hell yeah, I want to do it in January, man. It's a little difficult for me to travel right now, to be honest. So if you could do it online or you could uh, travel here, again, we could do it online. I'm ready. I'm really, really, really ready to do this, like really ready to do this. So um, I'm going to kind of take your lead on it, if you don't mind, um, if, because I just know that if, if I have to put the event together, it's going to possibly involve uh, other uh, um, things. So um, it will be your event, and uh, I will be more than excited to be a guest and share the stage with you, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, would you want to use one of your venues in the Bay, or would you like to keep it strictly online? Well, my venues are open to be used, so you know, you're going to be doing the traveling. If you want to do it, they're here. They're ready to go. Excellent. Okay, cool. I'll put together the details then and contact you privately about that. Um, other than uh, that, brother, did you have any final uh, words of wisdom or anything for the people? I really do. I, I really do. I have a lot of it, but we'll, we'll keep it really short. Uh, everybody who is listening, I, I get messages uh, now on a consistent basis and people saying, hey, you know, um, I found you through watching Brian Casella's thing, which is very, very fucking cool. And um, there, is a, there is a synergy here uh, that's being created by not just myself and, and Brian, but there's a group of us. There's a group, there's a handful of us that know each other, that are, that are we're, we're very good at what we do, and we respect each other and we're friends, and not only that, we hold admiration for each other, which uh, I think is vital to keep a relationship going, and, and whether it's a man-to-man, man-to-woman, even father-to-child, or anything like that, is a sense of ad- where you admire your friends. And um, today I was with a gentleman who actually, you know, he was, he was one of the people that said he wants to get into real estate, and I told him about you. And um, he had met me one time about maybe five months ago, uh, to another friend, and I needed something from him, so we kind of kept in touch, and he drove an hour and a half today, long story short, to come uh, hand me something that he had, and I said, let's go to lunch. So we went to lunch, and quickly I realized that he actually had no idea what I did, and I was under the, the illusion that he knew who I was and what I did. So in, in a short conversation where it was just him and I, in about five minutes, he was like, wow, you, you, you think so deeply. I was like, yeah, not bad. And then we kept talking, and then he found out, and then he was, okay, so long story short, by the time we finished hanging out, which was an hour and a half later, he may have been listening to this, because I told him to listen to this podcast, uh, he, was, he said, man, it's just such an honor to have spent this day with you. He goes, I can't describe, like, what that was like. He goes, fuck, I can't even believe you, like, you even spent time with me. Now, we're going to back up a little bit. He's a, he's a professional bodybuilder, but his own brand of clothing line that's coming out and changes people's lives and does not look like a little chump or anything. You know, he does not. Think of someone who competes bodybuilding. This is not a regular guy. Very focused, very dedicated. And I, I, again, I respect and admire him and what he did. And when he he said that, you know, 
And he said, because I was, you know, we were talking about different projects and stuff. And he said to me, he said, what are you going to get out of this? Because I was extending a lot of help towards him with this, this, and that. He goes, well, what are you going to get out of it? I said, well, I've always gotten out of it. I believe in you. I can tell you're focused. You're hustling. Uh, you're a good guy, most of all. And you're another person who I know in my city who has a network that I don't have. Obviously, you're doing your own thing. You know what I mean? Without me, you're already somebody. And I said, you have to meet my people. You have to meet my friends, meaning you and everybody else. And uh, together, we can create a really powerful, positive effect. You see, the idea of groups coming together and working towards a purpose has been around for a very long time on this planet. And not one person is good at everything. In fact, if you ever find that person, that jack of all trades, master of none is what's going to happen. Myself and my friends are different. We're masters of something, jack of nothing. <laughs> so what we do is we recognize this and we come together and when it's, for example, my turn to speak, then I speak and everybody just be quiet. And when it's somebody else's turn to shine or speak, it's their turn to shine or speak and I'm quiet because it's not my field or what I do. So what I'm recommending for everybody is if you're on this podcast right here, I can guarantee you this. This is a guarantee. This is a guarantee. What does guarantee mean? It means you can't go wrong doing it. You'll see. Put my word on it. My word is my bond and my bond is my life. And it goes like this. If you purchase Brian Casella's program and a Rocky Bazaar's program and you, 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 you study diligently, you go for it. You actually go for it the way people go to school and study. With that sort of focus, if somebody wants a, a degree in, in, in uh, physics or a degree in engineering or a degree in, in law, whatever, if you really commit yourself with a fraction, with a fraction, I mean, you know, fraction doesn't mean a small thing. I mean, you have 100 as, as a number, a fraction of 100, right? Fraction. With a fraction of the amount of money you would spend on some ridiculous education that wouldn't get you anywhere, in fact, make you stupider, so with a fraction of that money, with a fraction of the time spent, you would spend eight hours in school, sometimes ten hours, six, seven days a week, and then finals and shit like that that I think you will go through. With a fraction, a tiny point zero zero one person or whatever, you're going to be successful in whatever you put your hands on because we speak the language of success. Just listening to this and not doing anything else should change your frequency where you want to do better in life. And that's all we need a lot of times. As I said, my grandmother passed away in the middle of the night. I received a call this morning. When I spoke to uh, a close friend of mine, I said, oh, how close were you with your grandmother? I said, I was very, 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 very close to my grandmother, actually, because I'm not wailing and crying right now. That's not, it doesn't mean anything. I was extremely close, and her loss is a big deal to me. But I had to call family members and calm them down from hysterics, the most difficult being my own mother. When I got the call, my father called me this morning. And he didn't first say that. That's how Persians, by the way, tell you if someone died. They don't tell you if someone died. They tell you a bunch of other shit first. And he said, oh, by the way, your grandma passed away. I said, whoa. He said, yeah. I said, what's happening? And he goes, well, your mother is at home. She doesn't want anybody there. I said, okay. I said, what do you want me to do? He said, I don't know. I said, do you want me to call? I was hoping he would say no. To be honest with you, I was really hoping that he would say, no, you don't need to call her. He said, yes, call. I said, I'll call. So I was driving, and I decided, okay, well, I need to call my mom. She's at home alone, and God knows what else she's happening. She hasn't hurt herself or anything. So as I'm preparing to call, I start crying. And so I'm like, okay, let the tears pass, and then call. So I'm crying, driving, thinking about my grandma, thinking about my mom. 
and tears go away, and it's time for me to call. As I'm about to make the call, I start crying again. Well, this happened several times, that every time I reached for the phone, one time I even dialed and I hung up right away because the tears burst from my, from my uh, cheeks, you know, like the, the gripping of the jaw tears. Long story short, I finally ended up on the phone with my mother. When she picked up the phone, she was in hysterics. Uh, hysterics, if you imagine a psycho person crying, that's what it sounded like. And it's difficult to hear your mother in that condition, knowing that uh, she's hurting and nobody's going to be able to help her. So while she was crying and I could not understand one word that she was saying to me, I just said to her, listen to me. Mom, listen to me. I need you to listen. Just listen for one second. Now, I really, really had no idea what the hell I was going to say next. But I did trust my own abilities and my own mind and my own communication to be able to handle the situation when the time comes. So as I'm telling her, listen, I'm also telling myself, what the fuck are you going to say? Just say something. Finally, she quieted down and it was time for me to speak. I started speaking. It was a matter of minutes before my mom was completely calm and speaking to me in this voice. I couldn't believe it. I almost didn't believe that it was happening at this point. I thought I was dreaming. She was hysterical. Then she was having a conversation like this, just like this. And she said to me, can you write something, please, and send it to the family in Iran? Now, when she says family, we're talking about, I don't know, a lot of people, okay? A lot of, I have a humongous family in Iran. And I said, yes, I will. She goes, can you do it right away? I said, I'm driving now. I'll stop the car. I'll write something, and I'll send it. Once again, I had no idea what the hell I was going to write. Got to my office, went in there. The first thing I did is I started writing this thing. Actually, it was in Hooters, I realized. Because when I got to my office, I got a call that my appointment was at Hooters already. So I drove to Hooters, and when I got there, I said, hey, I need to write something. So I walked outside as I was flying and writing this thing. I wrote it. It went out. Needless to say, the effects were miraculous. Now, how much those skills of communication were worth at this moment where life needs it, I cannot put a price on it. I cannot put a price on on what I did as my compass know that I could handle the situation. The decision made after that was I need to be stronger. I need to be much stronger than I am. And that's where I am now. I will be a thousand times stronger uh, to honor my grandma's uh, death and her life. I'm telling you guys this because when shit hits the fan, that's when you're going to wish you knew. That is when you're going to wish you knew. You're going to want to know what to know. So do yourself a favor. Get on the website. Mine is AriseThePar.com. The first thing you do is sign up for Diamond Mine. After that, grab every goddamn product you can. And then I don't know what uh, Brian's website is, but I'm sure will go over it. That's my final message. Thanks. Beautiful, man. I wish I could have that on loop right now. Very, very strong, my friend. Um, we'll end it here, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> like he said, there, there's one key thing that stuck out with what Arash said, and he said he had no idea what he was going to say, but he trusted his ability and his communication. <clears throat> that is something that I touch on with my group on Modern Success all the time. And being at that level is something that you have to be there to really understand what it's like. And, again, he said it. Because <clears throat> when shit hits the fan, if you're not there, you're going to feel it and you're going to wish that you were there. All right? So we'll end it here. Again, thank you, brother, for being on. Always a pleasure. Thank you, brother.
everybody else. We'll see you guys next week, same time, same place, 7 p.m. See ya.